welcome you home to Voice of Praise Worship Center. And uh, I do have some things. You know, I, I can preach to you and you can hear, you will hear every word I say. But uh, statistics says that you only remember 10% of the words that I speak to you. But if I show you something, you're more likely to remember it. And uh, that's why I like, from time to time, I like using illustrated messages. Now, this morning, uh, uh, some of you will catch on to this, I'm, I'm sure, as I go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm so glad you're here. If you're here for the first time, make sure you fill out a Connect card. We would like to get to know you a little bit better. Maybe it's been a long, long time since you've been here. Still fill out a Connect card, even though we may know you, because, um, again, we would just like to connect with you. And I'm not going to call you and tell you about your uh, used car warranty expiring uh, on your 1993 Kia with 302,000 miles on it or anything like that, but we would like to get to know you just a little bit better. Now, if you have your scriptures... And I use red because it's the, it's red in your Bible. It's the red letter. It's faded probably a little bit on screen. But we're in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. A very familiar portion of Scripture, I'm sure to you. And it is the words of Christ, Jesus. They're in red if you have a red letter Bible. But I want to read these Scriptures to you this morning. And I trust that you'll read along with me. <clears throat> Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap. Or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Questions. Well, Jesus is, there's two things Jesus likes to do. He likes to eat, and he likes to ask a lot of questions. Okay. Verse 28. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? Man, he, don't you wish I had read this scripture to you all yesterday before you went shopping? Do not worry about your clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, That not even Solomon in all of his splendor, which was one of the greatest kings of all time, if you weren't aware of that. He said not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not say much more? Will he not, will he not much more you, you of little faith. Or what shall we wear? Uh, so do, so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, listen to this, each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind of when your bag is full. Most of you know what this is. Most of us have seen these. Why? It's one of the most famous bags in the world. It's a Walmart bag. I don't know how we got a Walmart bag. We hardly ever go to Walmart. One thing, one good thing the pandemic did for mine and Sarah's household, he delivered us for the most part from Walmart. We hardly ever go there. But this is a Walmart bag. And, and this Walmart bag, this morning I wanted to illustrate your life. Isn't that, isn't that a, just a phenomenal thought that your life is nothing more than a Walmart bag? You know? Yeah. That's something else to think about, isn't it? But, but in this, in this bag, I had a, a, a volunteer, uh, because, you know, we don't keep bread in our house because of, of, of Sarah's celiac disease and she can eat no bread unless it's gluten free. That's a different story in itself. But I had a volunteer, which is not in the room now, Vicky. I, I called Vicky late last night. I said, can you make me, I said, do you have any peanut butter? She said, I do. I said, do you have any bread? She said, I do, but it's keto bread. I said, that's okay. I said, can you make me a peanut butter sandwich? She said, I guess. She said, do you want crunchy, smoothie, jelly, bananas? I said, no, no, just, just peanut butter, uh, just a peanut butter sandwich. This peanut butter sandwich today, uh, this is your life. Your life is nothing more than a Walmart bag. That's, that's my life and your life. And, and, and the peanut butter, listen to me, when, when, when there's nothing else will work, if you're hungry enough, a peanut butter sandwich will cover the bill, okay? Even if you don't like peanut butter, and if you don't like peanut butter, we'll, we'll have prayer with you this morning because you need to be delivered if you don't like peanut butter, you know, okay? But this peanut butter represents everything that you're going to need for today. This is absolutely everything you're going to need for today. And we're going to take your substance for today, this peanut butter sandwich, and we're going to put it in your life. Now you have everything that you need for today. And you can take your life, and because in this peanut butter, in this peanut butter sandwich, we would find the Word of God, the person of God, and the substance of God, and your relationship with the Lord. We're trusting that you have that good, that right relationship with the Lord. Everything is put into your back. And you have every, absolutely everything that you need for today. So you start out on today's journey. And as you start out on today's journey and, and, and you take your walk, you say, Oh, man, I gotta think about, I gotta think, I, I gotta thinking about all the stuff that I've gotta do tomorrow. Tomorrow I've got, I've got some issues in life that I'm going to address. In, in this case, my, my issues are diced tomatoes. I, I, I've gotta, I, 
Man, what am I going to do about tomorrow? How am I going to dress tomorrow? And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves picking up this thing from tomorrow that hasn't even occurred yet, and we're just worried about it being there, and we're going to drop it in our bag. Hmm? Oh, man, while I'm thinking about that, that made me think about something else. It made me think about the issue of cream cheese. Uh, uh, so... So, so I've got cream cheese coming up. If I don't have cream cheese coming up tomorrow, I'm going to have it coming up uh, on Tuesday. So we pick up and we got our bag of life that has the provision. Everything we need for today is already here. But now we're picking up the cream cheese and we're throwing it in our bag too. And oh, I got thank you. You know what? You know what? You know what I forgot to do yesterday? You know what, you know what I forgot to do? You know, you know all this stuff that happened to me yesterday? I mean, I, I need to go back and, and readdress yesterday. Good old can of, uh, yesterday, yesterday's problems is nothing more than a can of kidney beans today, okay? So, I, I'm gonna pick up, I'm gonna pick up my, my, my problems from yesterday, and I'm gonna throw them in my bag, which is my life, This represents me that has somewhere now squeezed in the bottom of it everything we need. The peanut butter sandwich. The representation of Jesus Christ and all His grace. And I'm going to throw that into my bag because now I'm worried about a couple things that haven't even happened, hasn't even happened yet. I'm worried about what happened yesterday that I can't really do anything about. And then I keep on going and I keep on looking. And then I say, oh, you remember that big thing from, you remember that big thing? from last week that big thing let me tell y'all something my wife drinks this stuff as far as I'm concerned this right here is the next closest thing to battery acid diet coke okay but she drinks this stuff and she told me to bring one of these bottles with me this morning but but this this is that great old big problem that happened last week maybe it even happened last month Maybe it even happened last year. And all of a sudden, we drop it into our bag as well. So now, the, our bag in life, our, our bag in life, is, it's got somewhere smashed down here in the bottom. Every provision that we need for today, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the presence of God working in our life. But suddenly, we got some worries about tomorrow and the next day and worries about the past and, and, and a great big worry of what happened. But then we got, oh, you know what? I forgot about, I forgot about what's coming up next year. And, and I've, I've got to, or maybe it's next month and I've got to throw something else in my bag and I keep loading up my bag. I keep loading up my bag with problems and, oh my goodness. Then my bag breaks. Then my bag breaks. And everything that's in my bag starts falling out. And mashed somewhere in the bottom of this bag is everything that I need. But everything falls out on the ground. Wow. Wow. And my life is broken and torn all to pieces. And I can try to pick up everything else and put it back in my... I don't, I don't try to pick up... 
and it just keeps falling out. I even, I even pick up the one thing that I, the only thing that I absolutely needed, I even put into my, into my bag and it falls out. You see, we, we gather, we, we begin to gather stuff and that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. And, and that's what Jesus is, is referring to in our life. Because what we find ourselves in, we, we have this bag of life. You know, our life is represented in this Walmart bag. And we find ourselves having everything we need in Him. But we, we load it up. We load it up. We, we load up our troubles from tomorrow. And we worry about our future. And what happens, what happened is the load that was in this bag consumed the strength of the bag. When you and I load up on all of the, the issues of life, we can't do anything about tomorrow. It hasn't gotten here yet. We can't fix the past. It's already gone. And we load up all this stuff and it will overwhelm us. This bag, one could say this bag became exhausted. It became exhausted. It became overstressed. It gave up. And it gave away. Didn't Jesus teach his disciples? He said, when you pray, pray in this matter. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. He taught that. He taught that and he instructed us in that. Corey Tien Boom said, When we worry, we are carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. And we are carrying two days all at one time. You see, we, we go around and, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of myself. We go around carrying stuff about that, that hasn't even happened yet that may not ever happen. We can't, we can't fulfill what God has for us today when we are exhausted, when we are broken. We can't be, we can't be and we can't receive what God, God has for us today when we are, when we have become so broken that we can't even contain Him. And, and we spend our time continually thinking and worrying about what happened in the past or what's happening in the future. So what we find ourselves is that we are failing to be and failing to do what God's called us to do. Okay? There's no error in planning. I'm not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting that you don't save some money for your retirement or you, you don't, you know, you don't cut your firewood for the winter. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying about the things that we become anxious over. Penn, experts at Penn State University, they, they, they claim in their psychiatric uh, studies or, you know, psychology uh, majors that only 8% of what we ever worry about ever, ever happens at all. 8% of what we worry about ever, ever happens at all. And, and that 8% that does happen, uh, the funny thing is we have little control over it when it does happen. So we spend our worry and our spend our trouble and we load our bags up in vain. Worrying gets us nowhere. Now, as you all can look at me, you can tell that I am not necessarily an exercise addict, okay? Didn't y'all have noticed? That's why I don't tuck my shirts in no more. You know, 
Somebody told me that they thought it was nice when I took my shirts in because I looked like I was on the level because my bubble was right in the very middle. Okay? But the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is this. That, that, that we can't fix this stuff. We can't worry about this stuff. And, and it's like riding a stationary bicycle. Any of y'all got one of those? Don't raise your hand. You get on one of those stationary bicycles, and I've had them before. I had them where they work your arms while you're pedaling them, you know. I had, we had one one time, and as you pedaled it, it went up and down. You know, it's like riding a horse. You know what? I've got on those things, and I've pedaled, and I've pedaled, and I've pedaled, and, and I understand the purpose is for exercise, but as far as getting anywhere, I've pedaled those things to death, and I've not gotten anywhere. And when we worry and let the things of life overwhelm us and consume us, we are like, it's like riding a stationary bicycle. We are not getting, or like riding one, I don't even know how, what they cost now. It used to be a quarter, or I can remember even nickel and dime. You put, put the quarter or the dime or whatever in that little pony that's sitting out in front of Walmart or Roses or wherever it might be in that little pony, you know, you get on it, you know, uh, you know, uh, and you ride that thing. Kids love it, but really they get nowhere. You get no, when we worry, we get nowhere. It takes us nowhere. What happens is we're dragging around that unnecessary weight and we can't help other people even because we can't help ourselves. One of the greatest blessings that, that we have is our ability to help somebody else when they're in need. God gave us that ability. He, he, he blessed us and that's one of the greatest blessings that we can have. But when we can't even help ourselves, how can we help Somebody else. Listen, if the devil can't make you bad, he certainly will make you, me and you burdened. And if we come, become burdened with the troubles and cares of this life, who cares if we're bad or not? Because we're so burdened that we become uh, no good to those that are around us. So we, re- we have to release those burdens to get rid of those burdens before the bag, which is you and I, before the bag breaks. Most of us has heard that scripture. Maybe maybe you have it, but if you, just in case you haven't, you can find it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Uh, but most church people can, can quote it, especially Pentecostal church people. Quench not the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that. And, and I've heard people say, you know, uh, in, in church services, that, well, so-and-so, they got up and they Quench the spirit. Well, let, let me tell you something. That is not even what the the scripture is talking about. But what can happen in our life when we begin to take our lives and we begin to fill it up with the troubles and the cares of the of life around us, troubles from the past, troubles from the future, and we we let them press down and overshadow the provision that we need for today, and then our bag breaks. Here's the problem. Here's what happens. That's That's when we're quenching the Holy Spirit. Because He is doing the work in our life. He is ministering in our life. And when we allow all the troubles and the cares of our life to come in and to choke it out, then we have quenched the Holy Spirit. Not by cutting a song off in a service. As we sometimes think. Paul is giving this direction. For the approaching day of the Lord. 
has, has the day of the Lord, as the scripture calls it, as the, the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord draws near. Tell you, I would like to, I would like to leave you encouraged this morning. I really don't look for things to get a whole lot better than they are right now. Because the coming, the day of the Lord is coming and it's approaching and the cares and the troubles of life, uh, for you are going to probably increase as they are for me. And, and we have to set our minds and we have to set our hearts to where we are not going to become consumed. I mean, I saw, uh, even though, you know, I didn't, there's so much of it I didn't like and, and so forth and so on. This last presidential election, it robbed so many Christian people of their joy and of their victory because things didn't go quite the way we thought that we had on, at least had them planned out in our mind. But let me tell you something. But God is God. Whether the right person or the wrong person wins an election, God is still God. No matter what happens in this world, what goes up, what comes down, what goes around, what slides in, what slides out. Let me tell you something. God has never lost control and He never will lose control. And I cannot afford to let the cares and the troubles of this life sap me of my joy and my victory and and, and load my bag up until it breaks. Now hold on, this is membership Sunday, but I gotta, I gotta get this, I'll get this out of my, my system here first. Paul addressed the Philippian church and, Alicia, you did it again, you got over on Philippians this morning. Paul addressed the Philippian church with being overburdened. And I'm just picking at her. She, that's his, Philippians is where she took us in our life group, uh, that we sat in this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Paul said this. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I want you to notice how the wording there. He said, don't be anxious. Don't be overcome. Don't be, don't, don't, don't let anxiety overwhelm you about anything. Anything. He says, but in every situation, Prayer and petition. He doesn't say and thanksgiving. He says with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. Think on those things. Listen, our bags are breaking unnecessarily. Our bags are breaking, not because God won't come to our rescue, but because we have not allowed Him to be our rescuer. We keep loading our bags up. We keep, we, we keep begging and, and borrowing from worry until our bags break when all the time, all the time, somewhere mashed up in the bottom of that bag is the one thing that we need. And that would, that is enough for today. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. So there's, there's four significant points that Paul makes. When Paul writes this dissertation to the church at Philippi, 
And, and he, he's writing this to them out of a, out of a Roman jail cell, by the way. And we were, we learned this morning in life group that he, 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 they didn't even feed him. It was up to him to get his own food while he was in jail. So out of a jail cell, out of, out of a very uncomfortable situation, Paul writes those words in that letter to the church at Philippi. But the first thing he says is don't be anxious about anything. There is nothing, nothing in the world that we are facing or that we face. Now, yes, all of us have things that are important in our life. I understand that. I realize that. All of us do. But there is nothing in our life that is worth causing us to lose it, causing our, our, our life to break in the front of God when, when all of reality is, if this is all I have, I'm reminded of stories in scripture. I'm reminded of a little woman that, that just had just enough, uh, just enough oats in the bottom of her barrel, just enough meal, if you would, to make a cake and she and her son were going to eat it and they were going to die. But, but listen, the man of God goes by and he says, I'll need you to make me a cake and she makes a cake. And, and every time she goes back to that barrel, she never laughs. Now, personally, I do not see, I do not believe that all of a sudden that her little meal barrel, which was probably about this tall and about that big around, I don't believe when she went back in to fix, fix breakfast the next morning or whatever meal it was, I don't believe that the lid was bubbling off top of that barrel and it was overfilled with meal. But I believe every single day that she went back to that barrel, I believe there was another cup of meal. Her, the barrel never ceased to have her provision in it. If we will trust God, He will never cease to make provision for us in the day that we're in, in the season we're in, in the time we're in. Don't be anxious about anything. Have you ever been through anything that you didn't make it through with God's help? Think about it. Why sometimes we do we think we're not going to make it? We To the point, none of us have ever not made it, or we wouldn't be here, obviously. Nothing exists outside the boundaries of God's sovereignty. I want you to remember that. Nothing exists outside the boundaries of God's sovereignty. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Even the air that we breathe. Secondly, Paul says in every situation, you need to have prayer and petition. Pray. Prayer is dialogue. Prayer not only involves speaking to God, but we also need to learn to listen to Him. Sometimes he needs for me to shut up and quit telling him so much and he needs for me to listen. Because if we don't listen to him, then we're going to miss the voice of God. And we don't want to miss the voice. He may speak to us through the word. He may speak to me, to you through uh, somebody like myself preaching or somebody teaching you in, in, a, in a life group or something like that. But, but and he may speak to you in that still small voice. But don't miss the voice of God. Thirdly, in every situation, he says, by prayer and petition. Thirdly, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Praise God in all things. Praise God in all, in everything, praise ye the Lord. Praise the God, praise God. I, everything is not always good in my life, okay? I want you to know that. Everything doesn't always go my way. 
Sometimes, and the older I get, the more days I have where I have an ache or I have a pain or I have... I, we haven't been to the doc. Sarah and I haven't been going to... Since we've been married, we haven't been to the doctor very few times. And, in a, and since October, I have been to the doctor, I bet you, six times because they told me something was wrong. Not anything major, I guess, but when your blood pressure is... 205 over uh, 158 there at one point. They said, you, you know, we need to do something. So, no, it wasn't 158. 105 wasn't 105. That's exaggeration. Preachers get to exaggerate sometimes though. But, but anyway. So, so, so I've been going back to the doctor. But listen, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about whether I'm going to have a strike. I don't do, now I'm going to use common sense. I don't do what they've told me to do. I don't take them little pills that they've given me to take. I don't run to the bathroom every five minutes like that little pill makes me do. But here's the thing about it. Let me tell you something. I'm not, I, I'm not, I can't spend my life worrying about when a stroke's going to happen. I can't spend my life worrying about when the heart attack's going to happen. I can't spend my life worrying about when a cancer diagnosis is going to come. I'm going to live this day for today and I'm going to enjoy it in the presence of the Lord because today He is my provision and He is making a way for me to have today. When tomorrow comes, guess what? I get another peanut butter sandwich because He is my provision for tomorrow when tomorrow arrives. In in 1 Kings chapter 19, you read there about a guy named Elijah. Not Kalijah like Hank Williams sang about, the wooden Indian, but Elijah the prophet. 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah, he he became overwhelmed with anxiety. He became over so overcome with anxiety that he parks himself up under a juniper tree and he convinces himself that he needs to die. He wasn't really suicidal because he wasn't he wouldn't didn't want to take his own life, but he was begging God to let him die. You may be in this room today. You may think, I just I just wish God would go ahead and take me. I, I I'm ready to die. I need to die. But maybe you're like Elijah. Maybe God's just not done with you yet. God feeds Elijah, and he leads Elijah to a cave. Man, well, that's encouraging, isn't it? You know, of all things, God, he finds you under a tree, you're begging him to die, and he feeds you, and then he takes you to a cave. Wow, that's encouraging. But it's in that cave that God God has this encounter with God. God says, go and stand out in front of the cave. And then there was a strong wind that came through, so powerful that the mountains begin to break apart. But God wasn't in that wind. Following the wind, there was an earthquake, and the earth shook, but God was not in the earthquake. Following the earthquake, there was a great fire, but God wasn't found in the fire. But then there came a still, small voice. And in that still, small voice, God asked Elijah, he said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? He said, Because, see, Elijah felt like he was the only man of God left on earth. And God says, what are you doing here? I have 7,000 men that have not bowed a knee to Baal, the false God. So what are you doing here? You know, sometimes we feel like we're the only person in the world. But when we pray and we talk to God, if we will listen to God, He will bring encouragement to us. Then, Paul addresses this. He said, think about such things. What does he mean? What such things? Think about the things that are good. Praise the Lord in the sun. But also praise Him in the, in the stormy days. Praise Him when you're glad. 
Praise Him when you're sad. Praise Him when everything is blessed. And praise Him when you're all stressed. David nailed it in Psalms 150. David wrote this song. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings. Praise Him with the pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. David had this thing down. So what's, what are the things that we've got to think about as we worship the Lord, as we praise the Lord? Let me give these to you real, real quickly. Real quickly. There's eight things, but I'm going to give them to you quickly. So, praise the Lord about what things? He said, praise the Lord about what is true. What is true? Christ, the Word, became flesh, and flesh lived and died and took our sin. The Word is truth. Praise Him for what is noble. Christ, the Son of God, is God in all of His nobility. Praise God for what is right. Christ, the righteousness of God, is what is right. Praise God for what is pure. Hebrews 7 defined Christ as the high priest that is undefiled, that, that took our place. Praise God for what is lovely. Number 5, Psalms 90 and verse 17, let the loveliness of our God rest upon us. Number 6, praise God for what is admirable. Christ deserves our admiration. Number seven, praise God for what is excellent. There is nothing, nothing that is more excellent than Jesus. There is nothing greater than Jesus. Number eight, praise God for He is praiseworthy. Nothing else and no one else deserves more praise than our Lord and our God through the man Jesus Christ. So praise Him for everything that He is in all of His person, in all of His completeness. Like the psalmist said, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So praise Him because whether you're in a storm, whether you're in a difficulty or a dilemma, or whether everything is going good, praise the Lord. Let this be the substance in your bag. Let God be all that you need. Give us this, Lord, this day, my daily bread. And don't go around and pick up all the heaviness of life and all the problems of life and letting them burden you down and taking them upon you because because then your hands begin to be tied into what God really wants for you and what He has for you. Trust Him for today. Today is the Lord's. He made it, He created it, and He will keep you. Trust Him because in Him you will find provision. Everything that you need. So cease to drag the disappointments of yesterday. Cease to borrow from tomorrow's difficulties. And trust me, they will still be there when you get there. Okay? And take hold of the provision for today. Paul wrote to a couple different churches. To the church at Rome, Paul wrote this statement. To the church at Rome, he wrote, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad. He didn't say a thing about yesterday or a thing about tomorrow. He said, This is the day the Lord has made. I don't rejoice and I don't be glad in it. 
to the church over in Corinth. We find the book of Corinthians in Scripture. To the church at Corinth, Paul wrote this. He said, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't fret over yesterday. Live today. For today. And live it in Christ. Peanut butter sandwich. Man. You know, we take communion. Those of you that have taken communion, you're probably familiar with it. We take of the, we call it the bread. Most of us use unleavened crackers or something. And we take of the, the juice, the blood of Jesus. But throughout scripture, we find several occasions Jesus says, I am the bread of life. We don't get bread too often. If I only had a glass of meal. Bobby, that's almost as good as a donut. If we'll take the bread and eat the bread. And we'll let the bread be our sustenance, our sustaining graces for today. Let God deal with tomorrow. Understand this, He already knows about tomorrow. You and I just speculate on tomorrow. But He already knows about tomorrow. There's an old song I I happen to love. I, I, I love. It's one of my favorite songs to play on the, the dobro that I do. It says, many things about tomorrow I don't understand. But I know who holds tomorrow and I know that he holds my hand. I know I ask you to bow your heads for, for just a moment of time, please. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you a question. I, I, I promise I won't embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not in the, in embarrassing this. The only person I try to embarrass is my wife, and I don't do that intentionally, okay? But this morning, if you're in this room right now, and, and your bag, your bag's broken, man. You've got stuff falling, you got stuff falling out all over the place. You've got stuff from yesterday. You got stuff from tomorrow that hasn't even happened yet. And, and everything is just broken right now in your life. If that's you, without any embarrassment at all, I'm not going to point you out or call you out. But if that's you right now, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. Anybody in this room? Thank you. Thank you. Are there any others? Right now, things are just broken.